Let's check. All right. So I'm going to open up with a, with an apology. I know you were expecting Brett Stevens or you know someone like that. So and you got me instead. I I, I do apologize. We have a rule at the synagogue that I make the jokes, uh, Michael. So I'm gonna. Yeah. The rest we, of us will be the judge let, of that. We let Rabbi Cooper make a joke. It was a good joke. That was a. I wish I had thought of that one. All right. Um, it is nice to have you all here. Thank you for sticking around and not like you had anything else to do uh, today. You know, there's a saying in the Talmud uh, that on Shabbat, you have to, uh, you can start early, but you have to end early because no one can cook, but they want to get home and eat lunch. And on Rosh Hashanah, you are on Yuntif, sorry, you have to start late and end early because people are cooking in the morning and then they got to get home and eat lunch. But on Yom Kippur, you can go as long as you want, says the Talmud, because no one has anywhere else to be. Uh, but in lieu of Kiddush and a lunch, we are going to have a conversation. And we are thrilled, um, Michael, that you are here with us today. Um, I think people here know you, um, but Michael Balaban is the CEO of the Federation of Greater Philadelphia. Um, also, you keep us safe on the fire department, uh, and we appreciate your work there as well. Um, I think that was, we met there when you were, uh, we met before, but when you were helping us stay you safe were burning in our YouTube. burning of comments. <laughs> yes. So thank you for that. Um, and what we are going to do today is have a little bit of a conversation about the Jewish community of Philadelphia. I thought we were doing carpool karaoke. Uh, okay, what did I say about the jokes? I made the joke. Uh, yeah. Yes, carpool karaoke after uh, to your favorite Yom Kippur Pew team. That's what we're going to do. Uh, but but uh, about I'm giving the, you a joke to do. The, the Jewish community. And wait, what is this? I'm, I'm giving you a joke. We, we said we would do this, but I... I... I said, one, we have to be authentic. Conversation between the rabbi, myself, just open dialogue, open dialogue with all of you. Uh, I did realize as we were doing the Alchet, what could I have done so wrong that I'm actually at two o'clock while no one here has eaten. I haven't had my coffee. And now we're waiting for the rest of the service to be done. So uh, I, I am certainly atoning right now. But uh, I figured I'd give you a joke to tell. This is, this is good. This is the first for me. Okay. A classic Jewish story. <laughs> a learned rabbi and a taxi driver departed the depart this world. They, they die at the same time and arrive together at the gates of heaven. The angel, I have not read this joke before. This is Michael Balaban's joke, if you don't like it. The angel at the gates signals to the taxi driver to enter, then turns to the rabbi and sadly shakes his head. What is this joke? What is this? Asked the rabbi, I'm a learned rabbi, and he's only a taxi driver who, not to put too fine a point on it, drove like a lunatic. Exactly so, replies the angel. When you spoke, people slept. But when they got into his taxi, believe me, they prayed. I, I couldn't resist. Sorry. Okay. All right. When else have a joke they want to share before we get to the, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, Michael, we really thank you for being here. There's a lot going on in our community and there's a lot that I want to talk about today. Um, why don't we start in a Yom Kippur fashion? 
Yom Kippur is a day where we do cheshbon and nefesh. We think about the year gone by. We think about the year to come. And so why don't we start? Um, I want to ask you, um, when you think about this past year, what is keeping you up at night? Things that you wish we had done differently or that you had done or that we can. And then the next question is going to be, what then gets you up in the morning? What are you excited about that's going on in our community? Thank you. And 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 the joke was no reflection on you. Trust me. <laughs> okay, I can see who sleeps because of how we do this. I know. Uh, again, thank you for inviting me here. And, and, and for all of you who stayed, thank you so much. I didn't know whether we were going to have one or two people. So I, I, I do appreciate it. Uh, the things that keep me up at night are probably the things that keep most of us up at night. Uh, the rise of anti-Semitism. In the last week alone, um, uh, whether it's students at uh, University of Pennsylvania, uh, in Elkins Park, the um, monument to former members of an SS division behind a Ukrainian church, um, uh, just everything and uh, anything that you can read on the internet um, that uh, harkens to wanting to blame someone gives rise to anti-Semitism. And um, that, that in many cases is all consuming, um, but it raises another issue and another piece that keeps me up at night. And, and that's the level of anger that seems to be out there in the public sphere. And, and it crosses over. So yesterday I was driving the fire truck. I'm, I'm on the Penwin Fire Department. I sometimes drive the rescue vehicle. And I was driving and I pulled up to a light. Light changed. I didn't hit gas fast enough. Now I'm in a fire truck. Oh. Person, behind me started honking. They zipped around me and uh, put their hand out the window and I don't believe it was to wave. Oh, so that level of anger that seems to be consuming people uh, so much to the point that we have forgotten how to listen. Um, there was a book written probably five years ago. Uh, the title of it, the, the book itself, uh, it's a nice enough book, but the title says it all. Um, I think you're wrong, but I'm listening. And I, what keeps me up at night is society has uh, really stopped listening, stopped wanting to engage with different people, different ideas, the willingness to work with each other, to learn from each other. Um, even if you're not gonna change your opinion, uh, we've grown into a society that revels in the us and them, as opposed to bringing all of us together as a we. And, and I think the two are clearly related. When you characterize someone as the other, um, that's exactly what the Nazis did. Uh, that's helped to give rise to this level of anti-Semitism and hate that we're seeing in the world today. And I hope that we all go forward and try to figure out how do I spend a little more time? You know, the two ears that I have should tell me I should listen twice as much as I speak. And I, I hope 
we can get into a mode where we start listening to people who we're going to disagree with, but hopefully we'll find a way to come together as community. Um, so first of all, I do want to apologize. I was really in a rush when I was trying to get by you on the fire truck earlier. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think what you just said is incredibly important. Um, uh, so much so that my one of my Rosh Hashanah sermons was about this similar topic of how we can hear and listen. What are some of the ways that the Federation um, or the Jewish community of Philadelphia can be a part of helping to ameliorate this issue? I agree with you completely about the anger, um, the us and the them. Uh, you know, one of the reasons why we want to have you here. One of the reasons why we're part of the Federation, one of the reasons why the Federation, and I, I speak as the grandson of a Federation leader. Uh, my grandfather ran the Federation Chicago for a long time, um, uh, that it's so important. Um, so what are some of the ways that the Jewish community can model this listening and disagreeing without being angry and yelling and, and et cetera? I would suggest leaning in and um, over the past year, I've gotten a lot of calls and a lot of conversations around Israel. Um, people upset with the government, people happy with the government, people somewhere in the middle. Uh, often I get phone calls, surprisingly, uh, similar to Ken here, when someone's upset. I'm upset with Israel, and I don't want to give, and I don't want to be involved in Jewish Federation or community anymore. And my response is, lean in, get more engaged, get more involved, dive into the conversation. You're upset with Israel, fly to Israel. Um, you're upset with community, get involved in community and be part of the change that needs to take place. Uh, so for me, it's always about getting more engaged, not disengaged. Disengagement is very easy to do, but it doesn't change anything. You know, it's through involvement and participation. How Federation is addressing it, uh, anyone uh, hear of the Kihilot process that we have? We have Jay, um, active participant. So we have a series of um, committees, neighborhood committees called the Kihilot. They're broken out into the regions of the community. Um, those used to be separate agencies. We brought them into Federation, not so that we can influence what's happening out there, so that individuals have an on-the-ground voice and help influence from the larger picture of Federation and really become the voice of the people uh, in an organization that should be representing the community. Thank you. Um... I, and by the way, we'll have some time for questions if people want to think of questions they'd like to ask um, to um, Michael or me or anyone, I guess. But um, <laughs> talking about some of the anti-Semitism that's happening, I wonder if we could talk a little bit more about specifics, uh, not so specifics, but in our area um, and the Federation and what are you and the people that you're talking with seeing uh, that's happening in our area, um, and what can we or should we be doing? First, I, I, I want to thank the law enforcement, um, Lower Marion Township, overall Pennsylvania law enforcement, the FBI. They've been incredible partners. Uh, any hint of concern um, right away, they work with us very closely. 
Uh, people here should know Federation Engaged Secure Community Network, otherwise known as SCAN. Scott Kearns is an employee of SCAN. He works out of the Jewish Federation offices. Uh, Scott is the former head of the Joint Terrorism Task Force. It's important to note that his um, earlier role was global terrorism, but what was keeping him up at night was the fear of terrorism taking place uh, domestically. And uh, that's why Scott got engaged uh, as the head of domestic terrorism for the FBI here. And then uh, the more and more we got to know him, ultimately he came over to work for the Jewish community uh, to work closely with us to tackle issues of the rise of white supremacy. Um, in terms of what to do, one, see something, say something. Sounds simple, you've heard it all the time. Um, you see something, you have to say something. And, and, and that means um, that bag left behind at the front door of the synagogue. Uh, it also means you're standing in line at the supermarket and someone makes a joke that's not funny. Um, we have to stop hiding in the shadows um, in calling out anti-Semitism. Um, and, you know, I worry at times anti-Semitism sounds a little too almost medical. Um, it's Jew hatred. And you had mentioned during your sermon, you know, the rise of anti-Semitism has been with us. At one point, it was about religion. Another point, it was about um, blaming the Jewish community for economic uh, crises. Um, now it's about Israel uh, and blaming the Jews as a nation state. And anti-Semitism is a virus. It, it has mutated over time. And the only way to attack it is head on. Um, so we have to call it out. We have to make sure our institutions, our politicians, our communities, our friends and neighbors know that it's not okay. Uh, and we have to create allies. Um, we have to identify shared communities that uh, face some of the similar struggles that we face and work with them to create uh, allies, uh, friends that we can turn to for support uh, in combating it. And we can't allow it to continue. Oh, Penn, uh, the moment this conference came out, and mind you, the Jewish Federation was not asking for the Palestinian Rights Festival, um, the literature program to be canceled. Um, we were asking for about 10 to 15 of the speakers to not be allowed on campus. Uh, and frankly, we felt that the university shouldn't allow this program to take place there whatsoever. Uh, we understood from past history, all of these speakers uh, had made anti-Semitic comments in the past, had attacked the Jewish community, had attacked the ex very existence of Israel. And we said that there's no place for this on a college campus. Academic freedom is important. Freedom of speech is important. But it's not an absolute. No, freedom of speech is not an absolute when it incites hate, when it educates people to hate others. So, and we have to put an end to that. 
And we have to work again with our academic institutions to redefine what that line is going to be of what's acceptable and what, what isn't acceptable. Um, let's, let's look forward a little bit. What are some of the things in the years year ahead or the years ahead that uh, are gonna be the big conversations that we as the Jewish community of Greater Philadelphia need to have that we're gonna be looking at? What's, uh, what's on the horizon for us? When I think of the mission of the Federation or the purpose of the Federation, we often say we care for the needs of the Jewish people and we work to build a more vibrant Jewish future. So what I look forward to the future is our institutions coming together. Um, I have a wonderful partner here with Stacy and her work at JHI. And um, I look for us to really look out to the ecosystem of Jewish communal life and determine what does vibrancy mean? How do we ensure that um, we're not constantly looking at fear and fate, but looking at faith and exuberance? We've got a people of, you know, and it's been said before, we can't be a people of woe. We have to be a people of wow. And we've got some incredible communal leaders out there. Um, as, as I said to you a few days ago on the phone, your energy, your commitment to community, the way you embrace people coming in. We need leaders like that, and we need community members like that to help to create that wow. And I think together, working as one community rather than in our silos, we'll be able to create a Philadelphia that's non-stoppable. Um. Does anyone have questions? We're gonna we're gonna have here. All right, and I, this is a line I'm stealing from Rabbi Cosgrove, but I'm gonna use it here too. Just remember, the question is one sentence long and ends with a question mark. Okay. All right. So here, start over here. I'm, we're, we're coming. Don't. Thank you. Next. I uh, do you think that the Federation has to pull its punches sometimes because of the you know when political leaders do obviously anti-Semitic things, but because of the split in in your givers, donors, board, whatever, supporters. So the question is, does Federation have to pull its punches based on uh, donors, political concerns, et cetera? Did I capture it? And the answer is yes. Um, listen, that Jewish thought is not a monolith. You know, you've got the House of Hillel and the House of Shammai. Uh, from a religious standpoint, from a communal standpoint, um, we are an organization that's made up of multiple opinions and viewpoints. So on one hand, there's, there's always the concern in the back of my head, am I going to alienate an audience? Uh, am I going to alienate a donor? But at the end of the day, we also look to our values. Um, what, what do we need to do in order to drive both our mission and the needs of our community. So, uh, but, and I said at the beginning, I'll be transparent with you. The answer is yes. There are times we have to moderate it. Um, we also are a nonpartisan, non-political organization. So, and that's a very careful line. And it's not just because the IRS demands that of, of us, um, but it's because the Jewish community is not one, it's many. Now, 
people often ask me that question around Israel, especially now. Uh, we also have a public face and a behind the scenes face. So there's a lot of work that we do. Um, and, and I'll in include uh, last month, I was in Liz McGill's office, the president of Penn, uh, working directly with her to, to try to make some changes happen. Uh, for the past year, I've been back and forth to Israel, meeting with both uh, the president and the prime minister uh, around issues of compromise and trying to see how do we forge some form of compromise that we as a people can get behind as opposed to alienate one side or the other. And some of that is done privately versus publicly. I hope that answers you. I think Davis. Yes, um, did your work with uh, President McGill at uh, Penn result in any changes? And secondly, did you think about organizing public protests against that? Wow. I'd like to think uh, the conversations that took place, and it was conversations through many organizations. Uh, we did a coalition with ADL, AJC, uh, and a number of other groups. Um, I'd like to say it resulted in uh, a very different thought process moving forward if she were to experience this again. Um, do I think it it changed anything in the moment? Uh, I was disappointed. Oh, I, I appreciated the statement that the university made. Uh, and then the new statement that was made afterwards, uh, but I still didn't feel that it went far enough to address uh, the speakers that were coming. And in the aftermath, we know what several of the speakers said. And I really would have liked to see uh, the university take a much stronger approach. And I'd like to see the steps that they're going to take in the aftermath. So are they going to allow this kind of program to take place again? Are they going to set limits? And that's still a bit unclear. There's a meeting taking place next week to see if that will happen. Your question about public protests. Um, the a few people called me and asked if we would uh, bring buses and set up a protest. Um, and we went back and forth. Is that a good idea? Is that a bad idea? Uh, I felt the best idea was call the university uh, and call the university development office and let them know that you were going to take money that was committed to the University of Pennsylvania and commit it to Jewish campus life, whether it be Hillel or Chabad. Um, and, and make sure the university understood that you were doing that. The issue with protests on a campus, um, we get to hop in our cars from suburbia, drive onto campus, speak our mind, and then we hop in our cars and we leave. And it's the students that remain on the campus to deal with the aftermath. Now, the students from Hillel and Chabad uh, told us they'd prefer not to have protests at least from the outside. If there were going to be protests, it should be students doing it. And the students did a great job organizing. Uh, we were happy uh, to help them in that process of organizing. 
but we really wanted to um, meet the needs of the students and, and address what their wishes were rather than our emotional issues. Um, there were 38 10 faculty that wrote in, um, uh, in support of the festival taking place. And at last count, over 2,000 faculty members and alumni um, wrote uh, in opposition. Um, I also want to note that uh, Lily Schwartzman, who is our rabbinic intern here this year, is also a rabbinic intern at Penn Hillel. Um, and so it was at the Shabbat dinner that they had. We saw her Friday night. We you saw each other. <laughs> hung out on Friday night. Um, thank you here, Janie. And Lily inspired my daughter to go into Jewish communal work. So. Played a part in that. <laughs> you made you made reference to the monument or plaque in Elkins Park. Um, I learned about it through the newspaper. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that and what were your thoughts on it in terms of how the community should proceed. Uh, so if you're not aware, uh, about a month ago, a reporter um, identified behind one of the Ukrainian churches in Elkins Park, a cemetery, and in that cemetery are multiple tombstones, and then a large monument, uh, probably eight feet tall, uh, eight foot by five foot, um, a monument with markings on it. And one of the markings uh, happens to be the emblem from uh, the SS Galicia division that was established by the Nazis in the Ukraine as a frontline uh, unit uh, for uh, the SS. Uh, so we were made aware of that. There were also images of uh, several white supremacists visiting that site over multiple years. Uh, the previous arch uh, patriot, uh, the head of the Ukrainian church um, officiated at that. The current one did not. Um, so we had reached out early on, uh, the head of the church was away. There is a meeting set up uh, tomorrow, I believe at four o'clock or five o'clock, I'll be in Elkins Park at the church, sitting down with church officials talking about um, what are the steps that are going to take place. Now there is a, there are some questionable histories around the symbolism. There are some historians that say while this division was initially initiated by the SS, uh, it later became a freedom fighters division uh, of the Ukrainian army fighting for their freedom from the Soviet Union. Uh, and we've heard that from some Ukrainian historians as well as some Jewish audiences. Uh, my view is once an SS symbol, always an SS symbol and it needs to be removed. Um, that's been the viewpoint of President Zelensky. Um, he spoke out about this uh, when uh, modern divisions were marching under that banner just two years ago. Uh, while there's no law against it in the Ukraine, uh, 
He readily spoke out about it, that this does not represent Ukraine today. And um, Yad Vashem has written extensively about this as well. So that's the history that um, uh, I'm willing to buy. Some of the new conversations around it, I'm not saying that they're um, new histories, but uh, I, I, again, I go back to once an SS division uh, monument, um, it needs to come down, especially since uh, it's become a, a stopover for known white supremacists to come see. So currently the, the large monument is covered over uh, and there are some sensitivities. There are um, former members of the US Army um, who are buried there with this insignia on their stones. Um, so it will be a conversation uh, with the church to see what do we do? Um, what, what are they willing to do about it? Well, the Palestine Writers Conference took place this weekend. I was reading in the Daily Pennsylvanian on Friday, all the things we probably took that as well. But I haven't heard what took place. Do you have any indication? Uh, was there a confrontation in the conference? So campus was quiet. Campus was quiet. Um, part of it was the rain. So uh, the rain kept, kept a lot of people quiet. Yeah, that had a lot to do. We did, um, uh, a week ago, we assigned both uh, uniform and uh, undercover police officers to be on campus uh, working with the, the institutions. Uh, and I will say we offered from Federation to cover the, the cost of this. University police right away said, this is a partnership. We're going to work with you and take care of it. My, I did not want to have to deal with bureaucracy about billing. So uh, but uh, uh, the university police were fabulous to work with throughout. Uh, I was on campus on, on Friday. I, I then um, popped in over the weekend just to check in on things, and it remained quiet. Uh, we do know that, and faculty members from the Near East Studies courses, initially it was reported that Jewish students had to attend the conference. Uh, students were readily told that they did not have to attend, especially if they felt that a subject matter would make them uncomfortable and it would not be counted uh, in any way in terms of grades of that sort. That being said, there were banners, there were posters uh, within the conference grounds that um, glorified uh, individuals who were known to um, uh, promote from the river to the sea, which is not just a uh, directional indication, it is uh, to push the Jews into the sea. Um, we know that there were several speakers who, with their rhetoric, um, uh, were clear anti-Semitic rhetoric came out. There was also a video that surfaced of Roger Waters um, claiming to be at the gates of Penn and not being allowed in. Um, don't know what gates he was talking about. And if you looked in the background, it clearly was not University of Pennsylvania. Uh, he was never supposed to speak on campus. It was all supposed to be via Zoom. 
he was in a conference room at Penn State. The fact that he doesn't know the difference between UPenn and Penn State doesn't surprise me. But um, it just goes to show what people are willing to fabricate in order to push their cause. Uh, and he is at the top of wanting to fabricate things against the Jewish people. Um, I want to, I've got uh, two questions for you. One, uh, very serious, uh, serious. Um, I want to change the conversation a little bit to um, uh, conversations within the Jewish people and distinctions and differences here. One of the things that I have noticed um, after being here for a year is that there are, there's a lot of mixing and playing well in the sandbox between reform, conservative, orthodox, Chabad, all the different flavors that we come in. Um, is, is there something that the Federation has done to help facilitate this? Or even outside of the Federation, what is it about the, is that true, my read of the Philly Jewish community? Um, and is that something that is going to stay, even though it is in other places in our world, those distinctions are becoming um, harder and more antagonistic? I, I think we, I'd say around two to three years ago, there was a major shift that was taking place in the Jewish community. Uh, when I when I came here, and 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 this is my second go around in in Philadelphia. My my wife is a native. Uh, she was born on Seventy Seventh Street. I often say the good news is I live a quarter of a mile from my mother in law. The bad news is there's no bad news. There you go. Um, love my mother in law. So I'm sure I'll be over at her place at some point today, or she'll be over at our place. But um, this has always been home to our family. We lived here for a while, we left and we came back. Um, previously, I found the community very siloed. I think in the last few years, um, part of it is um, a whole new influx of CEOs and executive directors of organizations have come into play. I think that there are seven to eight new executive directors. Um, I think all of us communicate on a regular basis. It's not always about business. It's often about checking in uh, with each other um, just to see how things are going. The level of communication between us as individuals, um, I have found extremely strong. Uh, I've also found it to be less about work and more about getting to know each other as people. And I, so I, I think that starts to bridge it. Uh, on any given day, I may pop into the JCC uh, around the corner. Uh, yesterday, I, I knew Chabad uh, of the main line was having some concerns. I stopped in to see how they were doing. Uh, the entire Federation team is committed to engaging and being out there. Uh, I, I long learned that um, attendance does not equate to productivity. So, so getting out there into the community, working with individuals, getting to know people, that's what matters. And that's what is really going to move certainly my organization, but also us as a community, we have to engage with each other. And I'm seeing more and more of that taking place on uh, a daily basis. So what is, let's wrap up with uh, what can we as Temple Beth Hill Bethel do or the people in this room um, to be involved in the greater Philadelphia community and the Jewish community um, that is so 
important and strong. So first, I'd, I'd, I'd go back to what I, I mentioned earlier, engage, lean in. Um, and, and it's, I, I'm of the belief a rising tide raises all ships. So uh, as much as I'd love you to be involved in the Jewish Federation, and I'd love you to be a donor of the Jewish Federation, um, I'd love for you to be involved in the synagogue. And I'm glad that you're here, and I hope many of you are very much so involved. But I'd say pick an organization that you care about and spend some time there. Volunteer. Each and every one of us needs help. That could be as simple as the next event that an organization has. Uh, volunteer to work the reception desk. Um, serve on a committee. Uh, don't Donate, absolutely. Um, engage your children as well. Uh, my parents, my grandparents were very active growing up Jewishly, but I didn't always know where they were going. Oh, I have a meeting. Let your kids know, even if they're adult kids. No, I'm going to a synagogue program tonight to learn about X. And then come back and engage them in it. Better yet, bring them with you. Um, generation to generation, we say that a lot, door to door. Um, in order for that to happen, we need to make Jewish life um, a non-negotiable. So I often have these conversations with individuals. Um, I love Aspen, don't get me wrong, but um, it's more important for me to get my kids to Israel than it is to get them to Aspen. And yet we often prioritize things like Aspen. And again, I love Aspen, lovely place. But if you want your kids to grow up Jewish and to care, then engage them uh, with it. So I did have someone call me recently and, and said, I'm worried my grandchildren won't be Jewish. And what are you going to do about it? Uh oh. So of course I turned it back around and said, well, what are the non-negotiables you, you're willing to have? So at a minimum, Shabbat dinner. And Sorry, even if it's a pepperoni pizza, right? Light the candles. You don't have to apologize to so, me. Maybe next time. <laughs> maybe next time don't order the pepperoni, but, uh, you know, little, little steps. You know, uh, I, I spent a lot of time on, on kibbutz um, and uh, uh, kibbutz Keturah. They were known for the innovation of drip irrigation. Oh, one of the best things we can do is drip irrigate uh, Jewish life with our families and keep it, keep them engaged that way. Thank you. Um, October 20th, welcome back Shabbat. Who's working the welcome table? Come on, Friday night, who's working the welcome table? Uh, October 20th, Hallie's gonna reach out. You're gonna work, you're gonna operate the welcome table. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, all right. Um, Michael, thank you so much for being here. Um, we really appreciate your time um, spending the day with us for this and um, all that you do for the Jewish community. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. So thank you. Um, thank you all for being here in uh, this afternoon. Take a little bit of a break and we will be back at 4.30 for Mincha. Um, this conversation will continue 
we are going to be a part of more things and more things that the Federation does in the Jewish community institutions, to be sure. We look forward to having you at all of that. Go see Hallie to sign up to be at the welcome table on October 20th. Welcome back, Shabbat. And if you see a fire truck, please move over. Shana Tovah, Gemar Tov.